The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The August 31, 2022 edition is brought to you by Orcas Island Healthcare District. Headlines from the week of August 31, 2022. From the Rivers of Montana to the Beaches of Orcas. Community Comes Together for First Pride Festival Ticks Widespread in Islands but Diseases Rare Study Finds Plus Excerpts from the Sheriff's Log From the Islands Sounder From the Rivers of Montana to the Beaches of Orcas By Colleen Smith when Laura Black and her seven-year-old daughter Frances went on vacation in Montana, they did not expect to fall in love with a stray dog. The two were camping out on the Flathead River on the Salish Kootenai Reservation for a three-day rafting trip with family and friends in early August when Laura's sister-in-law, Bree, saw a dog in the parking lot. Encountering dogs is very common, because she's been in animal rescue her whole career. So I said, stay focused, this is not a dog rescue. I've been on several rescue missions with Bree, laughed Laura. The next day, they saw the same black and tan canine in the parking lot. Laura was struck by how much the animal reminded her of Zella, a beloved Rottweiler who passed away years ago. The group decided to embark on another day of rafting and see if the dog stuck around. The next morning, she was under Laura's car, trying to find relief from the 100-degree heat. It's a big parking lot, and there were a dozen cars there, so we were like, okay, we need to pay attention to this situation now, she said. It seemed like she had been dumped in the parking lot and had been living along the river. Laura, Francis, and Bree spent an hour trying to coax the scared pup out from under the vehicle, but to no avail, although Frances was able to gently pet her. They decided to leave her alone for the time being and reach out to nearby humane societies for help. By the next day, Laura received word that a shelter volunteer had taken the dog home. We knew this was our dog, and we wanted her, but as soon as we decided, we started reaching dead ends, she said. So we decided to drive up to the shelter right before they opened. The staff said, we can't give out that information, but we can give the volunteer your information. So we had to wait to see if she'd call. The Good Samaritan did get in touch and explained that a friend was interested in adopting the lost dog. But after Laura shared her story of the sweet pup along the river who touched her heart, it was clear who was going to be the adoptive family. Francis and Laura named the Husky Rottweiler mix Sloan Buttercup Black, after the name of the bridge she was found near. Laura says she is just the sweetest dog, and describes her as joyous, gentle, quick to wag her tail, and reluctant to bark. Although she is around two years old, Sloan is like a puppy in some ways, so Laura and Francis are potty and crate training her. It's quite possible she's never lived in a house before, Laura said, but she doesn't have the personality of a dog who's been abused, which is wonderful, 
She's very people-oriented. Added Francis, I like having a dog as a friend. We love her. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Community Comes Together for First Pride Festival by Heather Spaulding. Pride flags flew high, and the islanders showed an outpouring of support for LGBTQ plus members shown by the large crowd at the San Juan Island Pride Foundation's first-ever Pride Festival, August 13th. We held our inaugural San Juan Island Pride Picnic last year, on July 17th, at Jackson's Beach Pavilion. It was a wonderful turnout and lots of community support, Steve Wamskins, SJI Pride Foundation Chair, said. This year, they expanded it into a festival, with live music, food vendors, a beer garden, games, and a creative booth sponsored by Alchemy Arts Center. The foundation became an official nonprofit this year and is made up of six board members. Each of them have their own journey that led them to their involvement, Wamskins said. Speaking for myself, I had been missing some way to connect with other people in the LGBTQ plus community here on the island for years. Wamskins explained that he was working full-time while also studying for a social work degree, but looked forward to the day when he could devote time toward working with people to draw in much-needed LGBTQ plus resources. He saw a Facebook post in June of 2021 announcing a Pride meetup to discuss a festival, and Wamskins was overjoyed. I knew this was going to be the start of something really special, he said. Over the last year, the foundation has really matured and established itself, and we are in a great position to bring the whole LGBTQ community together with inclusion and transparency. The Foundation's mission and vision statement say, The SJI Pride Foundation exists to foster community across LGBTQIA and intersecting identities. This is important because living on an isolated island, the community faces many challenges, and resources geared specifically toward the LGBTQ community are scarce. Our needs range through a gamut of emotional support and guidance, mental and physical health, educational resources, and the very real human need to gather, find community, and celebrate together, Wamskas said. Adding more complexity to the mix, the ages vary from baby boomers, those that lived through the Stonewall era, to Gen Z youth. That is why the San Juan Island Pride Foundation exists, and we are dedicated and working hard to a strong force for our community, he said. From 3 to 8 p.m., Islanders gathered around the Jackson's Beach Pavilion, listening to the bands Gorilla Gorilla and River Rye. Stacy's Catering and Confections and the Spring Street Deli sold sandwiches, burgers, wraps, and other snacks, while San Juan Brewery and Cease and Desist sold beer, hard cider, and wine. It was a community affair, with the entire Jackson's Beach parking area full, all the way up to Pear Point Road, even along Pear Point Road. 
Adults laughed as children danced and played volleyball while dogs ran amok. We envision an island in which all people live safely and openly as their whole and authentic selves on this magical island we share with all walks of life, Wamskins said. Like magic, as the festival wound down, one circular rainbow appeared next to the setting sun. From the Islands Weekly, Ticks widespread in islands, but diseases rare, study finds. The chance of finding a tick on yourself or one of your pets in San Juan County is greater than previously believed, but only about 10% of island ticks are infected with pathogens that can cause you harm. Those are the findings of a year-long study conducted by the nonprofit conservation laboratory Quiot, which identified and tested more than 150 ticks collected by islanders and visitors. Ticks were found on all of the ferry-connected islands, as well as Waldron, Obstruction, and Canoe Islands in San Juan County, and both Cypress and Burroughs Islands in Skagit County at the east end of the archipelago. The largest number of ticks came from Orcas, 52%, followed by San Juan Island, 35%, only a small number were collected on Lopez, 6%, suggesting that the distribution reflects ecology rather than the number of people on each island. Most ticks were encountered in backyards and residential areas, as opposed to trails through undeveloped public lands, and most ticks were found on dogs, 72%, rather than on people, 19%. A few ticks were collected from cats, horses, foxes, deer, and lizards. While the great majority were native western black-legged ticks, Ixodes pacificus, about one in ten ticks collected were not native to the Pacific Northwest. The eastern black-legged tick, or deer tick, Ixodes scapularis, and American dog tick, Dermacentor variabilis, both originally from east of the Rocky Mountains and the western dog tick, Dermacentor occidentalis, native to California. Few deer and dog ticks have previously been reported from Washington State, mainly east of the Cascades. The presence of non-native ticks in the San Juan Islands is most likely a result of people bringing dogs with them on road trips from California or eastern Washington. Ticks can remain attached to a host for up to 100 hours, more than enough time to drive to the Anacortes Ferry Terminal from as far away as the Great Lakes or Midwest. Although ticks appear to be more widespread, diverse and abundant in the islands than previously reported, only one in ten tested positive for a pathogen known to affect humans, dogs, or wildlife, such as anaplasma, Mycoplasma, Babesia, Rickettsia, and Ehrlichia. Babesia was found in 5% of the ticks tested. This malaria like protozoan is a growing concern nationwide, and only a few years ago was thought to be absent in Washington state. By comparison, no island ticks tested positive for Borrelia, the cause of Lyme disease which has been reported from several nearby mainland Washington counties. 
the likelihood of contracting a tick-borne disease in the San Juan Islands remains relatively low in comparison with most of the rest of the United States. Precautions are recommended, especially during questing season for ticks, which in the San Juan Islands in 2021 to 2022 was February through June, with a peak in March or April when two-thirds of the ticks in the study were encountered. After hiking, walking a dog, or working outdoors in tall grasses or shrubs, check thoroughly for ticks. Sooner is better. Removing a tick within 24 hours greatly reduces the probability of infection. Residents and visitors are also urged to avoid bringing infected ticks inadvertently to the islands. When arriving from the mainland, check yourself and your dogs thoroughly for ticks and wash clothing in hot water to prevent hitchhiking ticks from being released in your home, lodging, or campsite. Quiot is continuing its tick surveillance program for another year in cooperation with the State Department of Health. Ticks discovered on people or pets should be set aside in a plastic sandwich bag or paper envelope and mailed to Quiot, P.O. Box 415, Lopez Island, 98261. Please include a note with the date and location where the tick was encountered and the host, a person, pet, or other animal. If you traveled to the mainland within a week prior to discovering the tick, mention that as well. Include your email or a daytime phone number so that you can be notified if a pathogen is detected by testing. We still want to see what the 2023 peak questing season looks like says study coordinator Russell Barsh. It remains unclear whether 2022 was an unusual year in terms of weather and tick behavior, and it is uncertain whether ticks or tick-borne pathogens are increasing. The first year of this study was made possible by the San Juan Island Community Foundation, the Orcas Island Community Foundation, and the Lopez Thrift Shop, and by the generous donors that support them. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On August 17th, a Lopez deputy documented the loss of a 12-foot Dura boat. The owner believes the boat slipped its clip and was lost. No crime is suspected. San Juan County deputy responded to a parking complaint on Argyle Ave at the fairgrounds. The vehicle was located and issued a citation for parking in a disabled parking space without a proper permit. A deputy on Orcas received a report of attempted fraud. The complainant received a call from someone requesting money to bail his grandson out of jail, realized he was being scammed, and declined to pay. A Lopez deputy responded to a physical altercation that occurred in the parking lot of a grocery store. The matter is under investigation. On August 18th, on Orcas, deputies received a call about a small plastic-slash-toy drone in the caller's front yard. No owner was located, and the drone was booked into found property. A Lopez deputy took a barking dog noise complaint. The issue is not currently a violation. On August 19th, a Lopez deputy responded to a report of a barking dog outside on a porch. 
The dog's owner was off-island. The deputy then, with the owner's permission, put the dog inside the house. A San Juan deputy was called about a disturbance at Peace Island Medical Center. While the deputy was en route, the subject entered the building unlawfully, was contacted inside, and escorted out of the building. Investigation revealed that the person appeared to be experiencing hallucinations. A deputy investigated a burglary at an East Sound restaurant. A suspect was identified, located, and arrested. All the stolen property was recovered and returned to the victim. An Orcas homeless man reported his medication and other items were taken from his illegal campsite. On August 20th, a deputy on San Juan responded to a report of vandalism in Friday Harbor. Someone had bent a locking trailer hitch pin on a truck. The incident was documented and photographed. There is currently no suspect information or workable leads. On August 22nd, a deputy was contacted about a case of fraud on San Juan. The person reported that someone kept changing the contact information on a banking account. To date, there has been no monetary loss. Deputies on San Juan responded to a single vehicle collision and issued the driver a citation. The driver had gotten impatient, tried to make an improper U-turn at a roundabout instead of using the roundabout, and hit an earth bank. This concludes the August 31, 2022 edition of the Island Digest. This edition was brought to you by the Orcas Island Healthcare District, which provides financial support to Island Health Primary Care Orcas. After-hours care for those in need of medical services is available by calling 360-376-2561. For more information, visit orcushealth.org backslash after hours. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week for more news from San Juan County.